to the family it's your boy Kwame Heru aka Mr. God Body no excuses and it's your big homie OT coming back with you with another episode of we're tired of asking all right and we're back episode two deliver that black narrative unapologetic right unwavering emblematic 10 toes down Mm -hmm. intentional defining ourselves for ourselves Um, I hope everyone out there that's listening, I hope you had a wonderful week. Black dads getting ready for Father's Day. I hope you all been being taken care of. Celebration of Juneteenth. I hope you all enjoying yourself. Yes, yes. Kwame, it's always good to see you. Always, How are you feeling? It's always good to be seen, my brother. Good to see you as well, 110%. And yo, just for the record, man, every day is Father's Day. Or we can say every other day is Father's Day and every other's day. Every other day is Mother's Day. Let's, you know, let's stagger it or, or, or let's break it up like that because we can't allow this white society to dictate when we are to be celebrated and when we are, when we are to recognize, recognize and appreciate one another. Let's do it as often as we can without having to be told to do it or having people tell us when to set aside time to do it. Be- okay, okay, absolutely. So again, we're here leading us down the path towards our equity that we deserve, right? We're tired of asking for it and we don't need to ask for something that's already ours. That's a fact. And as usual, we always open up with our health and wellness, something that we can take away to better ourselves in the war that we got going on. And our health aficionado, Kwame (laughs) Haru, is going to be dropping dropping some gems for us. What you got for us today? Before I do that, I want to give a shout out to everybody that tuned in. To the first episode, everybody that downloaded our first, um, you know, go around, uh, we like to thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. It was it was overwhelming. The love, the support, you know, people reaching out and saying that you know they liked what we were doing and they liked what we were talking about. So I just want to you know recognize you guys and thank you for the support and thank you for the love and appreciation. And shout out to our listeners. Hopefully, y'all stick with us. Y'all grow with us. Y'all, you know, hit the the valleys and the peaks, the highs and lows with us. And, you know, we can make our future what it's supposed to be and move on, you know, move on together. So I just want to take, you know, a few seconds out to recognize those people that tuned in for the first episode, our inaugural episode of the podcast. We're tired of asking. This, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, it was a lot in the making. It's not something that just came by the uh, pass of the wind. We put a lot of effort into it. So we'd like to thank y'all. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's all worth it because it ain't about you and I. It's about us. And we're being true to something that we're doing. It's in the vein of something that's right. In America, a lot of things that we're exposed to, we know it's not right. So to be doing some work that we know is right, has some integrity. And to be well received. We appreciate everyone that that tuned in. So like my good brother said, every episode, we're going to start off with a health and wellness segment. You know, as I did last week, I spoke about alkaline and acidic. And this week I'm going to touch on organic and non-GMO versus conventional and non-organic food. Now, when we typically speak about organic versus non-organic, bro, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind personally, is it cheap? Is it more expensive? It's more expensive. And, and that's typically the reaction that you get when you speak to people about organic versus non-organic. People says it costs too much. They, they can't afford to keep up that lifestyle or keep up that kind of diet. They have an entire family to feed. And, you know, I get... Those I, are valid, valid points. I'm valid. I, I can't knock it. I overstand economics. I overstand, you know, being on a budget and having money. But what I want people to overstand, understand, and understand that what we may save now on certain kind of foods and certain kind of lifestyles, we may really 
make up in paying for that later in as doctor far. bills and being surgeries, surgeries, all type of things. So we we pride ourselves and we predicate ourselves on being proactive. So we want to be proactive in get, our health. Getting ahead of the storm. Let's get ahead of it. So what we think that we may be saving now is really just keeping dollars in our pocket. May pay the piper next time. On down the, the line. Down the line. I want people to really realize that and, and think about that. And like I said, and I'm going to reiterate this time and time again, I'm going to drum this in. It's going to be a line that maybe that you can tie to me when you see me. You'd be like, oh, that's a guy. Health is your wealth. Okay. Prevention is better than a cure. And that, Preventative maintenance. We have to just like you maintain your car, you change the oil, you flush the system every now and again. We're preventing bigger things from happening down the line, things that's going to really hit us in our pocket. And as far as wealth, things that really are going to hit our, our health and wellness down the line if we don't take care of it when we have a chance to. Let's be proactive. We're going to interact with carcinogens. We're going to interact with va- uh, viruses. We're going to interact with infections. We're going to interact with diseases. And if we're preparing our bodies for the fight, if we're getting our bodies ready, if we're building up our immune system, these things won't be as devastating. These interactions with these carcinogens and diseases and infections and viruses will not be as devastating as they have been in the past. I want my black people out there, our community out there to, to get used to that idea and, and understand that I understand the idea. Getting out in front of what could be a problem down the line. Yes, yes. And doing everything that you can in the present to make sure that you're good for the future. That's a fact, 110%. So I know black people like to, uh, you know, we glorify labels. We talk about labels. We talk about name brands. We talk about these high luxury things. One label that I want my people to get accustomed to and affiliated with is certified organic. Let, let, let's take on that label. You know, we, we talk about these things in, in designer and fashion and clothing. We take on these high or, you know, uh, high, high fashion design, high design labels. Well, if we don't consider that too expensive and we can buy the Jordans and we can buy these things, well, let's get into our food and let's get into these high end labels of our food, and w- which would be certified organic and non-GMO. So what is organic? Organic in a nutshell, is food produced without GMOs or genetically modified organisms and little to no exposure to toxic chemicals. And what is conventional? Conventional food is really the opposite. It's food that typically will have genetically modified components and will have a higher exposure to toxic chemicals. And GMO, GMO is the intentional manipulations of genes and or DNA of a seed or a plant to reap, to reap a specific result. So these results go hand in hand on what these toxic chemicals do. These toxic chemicals typically are pesticides. And these pesticides are herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides. And these things are to help maintain a crop from certain type of insects, from weeds, and certain type of funguses. We have to understand what a pesticide or a herbicide is. When we look at the suffix side, right, it means to kill, and you're actually killing a living thing. If I'm not mistaken, you and I are living things. Correct. We are living beings. We have living cells. We have living tissue. We have living skin. So when we ingest these toxic chemicals, we are directly affecting our living being. So when you are ingesting a herbicide or insecticide or a fungicide, these things are made and bred to kill things. We're slowly but surely killing ourselves. So we have to understand that when we look at produce, the difference between organic food and conventional food. So typically what organic and conventional is, is the practice or the mode of cultivating these crops. 
So last week I spoke about what is alkaline and what is acidic. And what directly affects this state is what we ingest, the food we drink, foods we consume. And if these things are sprayed with these chemicals, we are directly contributing to an acidic or a a disease-prone environment. We are killing ourselves. So, oh, Brother Kwame, this is not so bad. Oh, I beg to differ. 20% (laughs) of pesticides, 20% or over 20% of pesticides currently used in the U.S. are linked to cancer, are linked to birth defects, are linked to developmental harm, and are linked to damage of our central nervous system. According to the National Center of Health Research, pesticides disrupt hormones, they damage DNA, they disrupt tissue, and all these effects can have grave consequences. They have cited studies from the University of California and even the American Academy of Pediatrics that these specific or certain pesticides are linked to, like I said, cancers or behavioral disorders. Now, this jumped out at me when I did my research, behavioral disorders. When you talk about the black community and especially our black kids, we are constantly labeled with certain behavioral disorders, ADHD, ADD, oppositional defiant disorder. And we should see and conclude that this can be symptomatic of a high pesticide diet. Diet. That's correct. So if we're not going to do it for ourselves, at least do it for our kids. In 2010, A study of 1,100 kids showed that those with higher pesticides in their urine were two times more likely to have ADHD. The same article said that eating an organic food can cut the pesticide level by 80%. 80%. A British journal in the same year in 2010 said that the proper diet reduces the need for ADHD medicine. So like my our brother or like a brother that I follow on Instagram says, if we're not feeding health, we're feeding disease and sickness. So when we're feeding our kids these conventional foods and we're not feeding our kids or even ourselves organic produce, we are upping and increasing their intake of harmful pesticides. And like I said, these pesticides have been linked to cancer, behavior disorders, and developmental functions, right? So what are some of these pesticides? I want you guys to look it up. Simple Google, simple Google research could start the inquiry. We have glyphosate. We have uh, methylparathion. And we have 2,4-D. Now, I looked into 2,4-D. For our listeners out there, do we know what Agent Orange is? When I used to work with a lot of veterans mm-hmm. from the Vietnam era, you see a lot of them dealing with consequences from Agent Orange because they contracted cancer when they were exposed to it out in Vietnam. It was right. a substance that was used to spray the leaves and kind of kill all the leaves mm-hmm. so that they could see the Viet Cong know when the attacks are coming. The residual effect was it gave millions of our service members cancer. Mm-hmm. This was an agent used in chemical warfare chemical warfare and devastate a whole a whole community a whole nation they literally used to spray it on everything because it was very hard to fight the Viet Cong with their guerrilla right, warfare with tactics their guerrilla warfare tactics so they wanted to kill all the shrubbery so that they could see everything coming that is an absolute fact so that leads and, to your point of killing something that's living right, killing so those living plants I, I asked myself why would they use this to spray our crops with that we have to eat It's because it's cheap and it's always been profit over people. So this is something that can help and grow and mass produce certain types of produce. But on the back end of that, it's killing people. And it's also profitable for the health industry. People go to them to get their, you know, checkups and get their wellness checks and be diagnosed. So they're making money hand over fist. From different avenues. That's Listen, man, it's crazy. And, and they always say the uh, fastest way to become a millionaire is to have multiple streams of income. Right. That's and how they're hitting us in the head. They're making the food cheap. They're making us come see the doctors. Mm-hmm. They're confusing us with the terminology. This is no game, man. We have to look into conventional versus organic produce. Now, when you deal with organic produce, you have greater access to vitamins, 
minerals, nutrients, and you're limiting yourself to the exposure of these toxic chemicals. Organic food has been shown to have 25% more access to nutrients. They have 20% more access to phenols, 80% more access to antioxidants. What are antioxidants? Antioxidants, exactly what it says. It prevents oxidation. It is something that traps free radicals in the body and limits the effect of harmful things that are roaming up around your body, harmful diseases and harmful infections. You have 60% more access to porcelain. Porcelain is a cancer fighting property. You have 50% more access to vitamin C, which is an immune building vitamin. You have 30% more access to vitamin D, which is responsible for over 300 DNA programs. You have more access to calcium, chromium, iron, magnesium, zinc, and phosphorus. And these are essential minerals, nutrients, and vitamins. So the ABCs of what we need It's real life. So it's more than just a price difference. This is actually a lifestyle differences that has direct effect on your health. Studies have shown that the blood and umbilical cords have had 287 known toxins and carcinogens in them. And this is from the diet that the mother is eating. So if you're eating a typical conventional diet, please be aware that we are exposing ourselves to more pesticides, more carcinogens, and more toxic chemicals. The ideal thing is to move to a organic, non-genetically modified vegan diet. Okay. So I'm giving, like I said, I'm giving you a general overstanding or a general understanding of understanding with these health and wellness segments. And I want my people to go out there and do the research, look into it. Don't just take my word for it. I've done research and I've done what I would like to understand or perceive as my due diligence, but maybe I missed something. You know what I'm saying? So I want you guys to go out there. I want you guys to look into it. I want the listeners and those that watch and go out there to do the research because this is no game. I tell you, like I said before, our health is our wealth. If we have to distract and take care of these elements, we are taken away from the fight. We are becoming a chink in the armor and we are becoming that weak link that we talk about. They say you are as strong as your weakest link. We don't want to be the weak link. I don't want to be the weak link. My good bro, I'm sure you don't want to be the weak Absolutely link. not. So we have to take care of ourselves. These toxins, these chemicals, like I said, they are linked to cancer. They are linked to birth defects. They are linked to developmental functions. They are linked to a whole array of things. And when I spoke about the developmental harms, after you're diagnosed with ADHD or ADA, they give you these drugs. And these drugs have side effects within itself. So it's just a trickle-down thing compound effect you know it's a domino effect and you tip the domino and you open yourself to things that we really don't need to be exposed to so that's my health and wellness segment for the day the understanding of the difference between organic versus conventional and genetically modified produce all right kwame haru dropping that knowledge on us making sure we have everything we need to stay in a good fight mentally, physically. It's very important to consume these things the way that you're talking about. It has an effect down the line. And we've seen our health hasn't been in the greatest shape in the black community. And for the fight we're embarking on, whether you think it's a fight or not, it's actually happening. It is. And and we see whites pushing back subtly and surely. So if you can't even be in a fight because... You haven't taken the, the time to take care of yourself mm-hmm. health-wise. You know, how good are you to your brother and your sister? If I can't hold his interests as close to the interests of my own, then we can't be out there fighting a good fight for each other. It's in my best interest to take care of my health. It's mm-hmm. in his best interest to take care of his health. You it's know in your I mean? family's best interest to take care of your health. I can't stress this enough, and I can't harp on this enough. Prevention is better than the cure. I said it earlier. Let's get ahead of these things. Let's not be caught slipping and let's not be caught slipping. Let's take care of this. I like that energy. I like that energy. Prevention is better than the cure. Prevention is better than the cure. Hey, we trademarking that, so don't try to steal our stuff. Ashe, ashe, ashe. So in the interest of being proactive and the interest of being preventative, in current events news in the sports world, we have our good brother Kyrie Irving. Okay. Making some loud noises 
we got our good brother Kyrie Irving, you know, moving the needle in some statements and some comments that he made. And he was talking about as far as the NBA coming back to play, them creating their own league and continuing this protest and continuing this energy of we don't need y'all. And I find this very significant because we don't need y'all. <laughs> don't need white society. We, we don't need the status quo to give value to ourselves. We are the value. We, we are the talent. Um, and we should be able to reap the rewards of it. I think it's a very bold statement. It's tough to take a stance, especially when you're well off. And that's something that we've seen historically. A lot of people that we expect to take stances that we want not do it in a fashion that we find suitable to us. Mm -hmm. And they actually don't have an obligation to do that. If that's not who you are, that's okay. But to take that stance in a time where NBA players are getting paid the most that they've ever gotten paid and the league's been the biggest it's been, the stars are, are well taken care of and they right. got multiple streams of income multiple brands. I think that's a, a very powerful thought. It's a thought that can actually change a generation. Right. So I'm interested to see where that can go. I don't know how many other people are going to stand up with mm -hmm. them, but I think it's important to, you know, kind of note that planting that seed and, and thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. Apple's famous for their think different campaign. Mm -hmm. And they released that campaign. I believe when they were, were releasing the iPod, that kind of revolutionized the way that they were seen in the onset of the millennium. So why can't we apply that same, that same approach to us? Think different. I agree. And this is not, this is not something that is that we can't fathom or beyond the stretch of the imagination because we've had our own leagues before we had the Negro leagues and we had star players and star talent and star capability come out those Negro leagues. And what quelled that momentum was us wanting to integrate with, with other leagues. And it kind of took away from the fire that we had. And we had a lot of better players in our leagues than, uh, we made the league. Than, uh, we regular made, majors. That's a fact. We make the league. We had Jackie Robinson come out of the Negro. We had players like Satchel, Satchel Page, Page come out of these Negro leagues. So it's not far-fetched that we can really stand on our own and have and be our own entities and thrive. There's the opportunity to thrive. We don't have to think that it won't be as lucrative, right? If we stay committed and uh, consistent, this is true. We, we can accomplish what we're looking to accomplish. And we have a whole continent behind us that we can uh, start to invest in. Mm -hmm. When you talk about us having our own and us seeing the value in ourselves and seeing the value in, in in what we can can do. This is something that not only will benefit, like you said, benefit us now, but our kids are looking at that. Mario Balotelli, mm -hmm. a couple weeks back, he came out and said, we have enough star power, we have enough finance to make our own soccer league. He's a native of Italy. You know, obviously his descendants come from come from the uh, continent, the continent. and he, he was saying that we don't have to stand for the way that they treat us. We have enough that we can go back and make our own. And it's true. The American athlete, uh, with their star power, um, our understanding of marketing, we learn the market and don't think we don't pay attention to what's going on in America. We are the market and we shift culture. We've seen what's done with hip hop. So the opportunities are there for us to do what we want to do. So I, would, I don't think we need to kind of quell our action or quell that thought. Hopefully that there's enough folks that kind of see the same vision that Kyrie sees and are willing to take that step. Right, 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 right. I mean, I agree. And we are, they say we are 13% of the population, but the amount of viewership that we contribute to these sports, the amount of spending that we contribute to these sports, like, not only from the players, but down to the, the dollars and the, 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 the viewership and the dollars being spent. You know what I'm saying? So for us to be scared and for us to, to, to shy away 
from this thought or from us to shy away from this idea, it it really baffles me that we would even, you know, take that position. You know, and I give a round of applause, I give a black hand to Kyrie Irving for having this national platform or this global platform and and even speaking that. Because like you said, they have a lot to lose, you know, when it comes to money, when it comes to finance. When but it comes what they to, stand to gain is something so much greater. And we have to spark that. We have to keep that fire burning because when people talk about they have a lot to lose, it's usually with white society. Absolutely. And for some reason, they feel like that tips the scale. No, but you have a lot to gain with the people that look like you, and we are the one that's going to put our dollars behind it, and we are the one that's going to put our time and energy behind it. So you don't have a, you have more to gain than you have to lose. You don't have a lot to lose. And if you say you have a lot to lose, you have way more to gain. We the tie, opportunity cost is worth it, you think? It, I, in my opinion, you know, and everybody doesn't think like us. Everybody wants to still ask, but we're tired of asking. So shout out to Kyrie for having the cojones to that, say like, yo, we that, need to do our own thing. That courage in the face of fear. Mm-hmm, um, sure. And it actually brings us to our next segment. And I'll just let our soundbite lead us into it. I'm chilling out what? Come on. I'm no punk bitch. I ain't no punk bitch. Neither. I'm no punk bitch. Come on. And just a, a quick reminder. I'm no punk bitch is a segment to acknowledge someone who showed courage in the face of fear because fear has been a tactic used to kind of hold us back from walking into the presence that we need to be in our communities and uplifting them the way we need to as brothers and sisters. I'm no punk bitch of the week is Sister Cario Horn, a Buffalo product and a little backstory on her. She was a police officer that was involved in an incident in 2006 where she stopped another officer from choking a man that was handcuffed. Sounds a little familiar. Mm -hmm. She uh, pulled up the officer's arm off of the man that was being choked. And then she went through the adjudication process through the city and was ultimately fired. They found that she was wrong, or they said that she was attacking the officer and wrongly put her hands on him and was um, a danger to the rest of the officers in the present. And she also had an appeal and it was upheld that she was rightfully fired. And this is actually a person that you're familiar with. I should. Um, you've yes. come into contact with her. Can you speak to your experience being around her? She's a wonderful, she, she's a shero in the community. You know, we talk about heroes, well, she's a shero. This sister stands maybe 5'2", five, 5'3", five, but, ha- but has the heart, uh, but has the heart of a giant. You know what I'm saying? And when I was uh, initially exposed, excuse me, to what she did, I I was shocked and awed. I've seen this sister passing in the community. And when I was made aware of the sacrifice that she made, it was wonderful. And I had the time. I've had time to talk to her. I've had time to chop it up. We've had conversation. And she's the sweet and she's the sweetest person. And I commend her. For crossing that blue line, I commend her for standing with the people instead of standing with the badge. And the community of Buffalo has always been behind her. We have always had fundraisers. We have always had dinners to support. We have always showed our appreciation, our love and care. Okay, she is held in the highest regard in this community. She is a prime example of a person that has went against the grain. She is no punk bitch. Courage in the face of fear. Every time. And she's still doing it to this day. She's called corrupt police to to the table. She has called our mayor to the table, which is a black man. But, you know, we can question his his affinity for the community. You know what I'm saying? But this is a sister. She's beautiful. She's powerful. She, you know, in stature, she may be small. But in heart, she stands bigger than Shaq. A hundred percent. 100%. By by the time you're hearing this, you may have heard her actually on The Breakfast Club or seen her on CNN. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of making her public rounds. I just think it's very important to acknowledge that courage in the face of fear. I love that system. Recently, the Buffalo Common Council President Darius Pridgen did an interview with NPR. And just a quick explanation, the Buffalo Common Council 
That's the legislative branch of government here in Buffalo. And they're supposed to advocate for those who work, live and visit uh, the city of Buffalo. And he stated that her case is being sent up to the state attorney general, Letitia James, for review again. But he also stated that there's they have presented a policy of a duty to intervene for the Buffalo PD. But the key word there is policy. Right now, Sister Carrie O'Horn is trying to get Carriel's law passed. And that would make it a law so that when a police officer sees something happening, they have to intervene or they can be brought up on charges. And I think it's important to pay attention to that. You've seen the word policy juxtaposed to the word law in many situations. When mm-hmm. Eric Garner was choked out, it was against police policy for him to be choked, but it wasn't against the law. law. That allowed that dude to stay on for five years. And although he was fired, he was still getting paid. No charges were brought against him. And so I think it's important to pay attention to the wording when these agents of the state make statements. I think our lack of understanding and application of language has been something that's hurt us in the past. So you you really do have to pay attention and, and call people to task when they're using certain language. That's 100% fact. We know that you can talk out of both sides of their mouth. You know, this language and these words have several meanings. That's something that we have to constantly be aware of when we're looking at things, when we're reading things, when we're consuming information. What is the context? What does it mean? What does it actually mean? And we have to read between the lines. Because I think that is a, it's a pertinent point that you brought out, the difference between policy and the difference between law. Policy is not punishable by a legislative branch. Law is. And what is the law? We have to change laws. We have to affect laws. And we have to stay focused in that battle. Our sister Carrie O'Horn bringing in that uh, I'm no punk bitch for the week. Yes, yes. Uh, showing courage in the face of fear. And we always appreciate that. And I I also want to note about the sister that she was on the force for 19 years. And they took her pension away. 19 years before before this incident happened. 19 years she served on on the Buffalo Police Force before, you know, this thing took place. And that count that didn't count for anything. This is if it didn't even matter. No. Just because you didn't play the game that the way they wanted you to play the Mm -hmm. game. As soon as she showed righteousness and as soon as she showed principle and morality, they did away with her. They did away with her. But don't worry, the community was her safety. Okay. And, and we've we, been we, here. we're still going to be there to support her. 100%. Okay. A lot happening in America right now. <laughs> A lot happening. We got Howard Stern mm. in blackface. We got CHOP going on in Seattle. We got talk of the NFL and Colin Kaepernick. Anything you want to start with right here? Me personally. It doesn't matter what you want to start with. I don't really talk to, you know, Kwame Haru like that. But I'm just trying to drive home a point that when we're embarking on a journey of change, that's going to change our circumstance and our futures. It's pertinent to keep what's important, important. Mm -hmm. We have to stay focused. Mm -hmm. It can be easy to get lost in a story or a narrative to be changed. Right. And sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's explicit. Sometimes it's implicit. But it can be very harmful for us. We've seen it in the past. We've seen this change of our focus kind of detract us from where we want to go. Right. Aunt Jemima, defund the police, making Juneteenth a holiday. You know, these are things that we've seen circulating the social media, the social media realm. Right. But they don't have an effect on what we're trying to really get done. Mm-hmm. Quaker Oats getting rid of Aunt Jemima isn't affecting us one way or other. Right. I like to think of things like this, right? I create my own priority list of things that I find important. Mm-hmm. The first time I did it, I wrote it down and I kind of keep this mental track. At the top of that list is my son. And for me and his mom, it's to make sure that he can grow in an environment where he can maximize his potential and leave his imprint on the world. So is the imagery of Aunt Jemima affecting that? I don't think it is, personally. Maximizing his potential? No. If I have this list of things that's important to me, Quaker O's getting rid of Aunt Jemima is 
something that people are talking about. Mm -hmm. Does it cross-reference with what I'm trying to get done? Mm -hmm. Nope. I don't even need to spend any time on it. And that speaks to something where we have to stay focused on what's important and keep our eye on the prize. Right. Of course, we're humans. We're going to talk about what's happening. But when we're giving it so much energy, when you're trying to have fun, when you're trying to live your life, when you're trying to defend your family, you got to keep what's important important. I agree. And too often, and it's too commonplace that we get distracted. And I think that this distraction is intentional and to take away from the vigor or the vitality of a movement or energy behind a goal that we are pursuing. I think that when these things come up, like talking about Aunt Jemima or talking about Howard Stern and what, what he did, a lot of people consume things on TV and on social media, and this creates a, a reality for them, a context or a script of their life. And we are told or we are fed what we should be affected by. We are fed what we think should be important. And we have to take the time to step back and filter through these things. Trim the fat, as I like to say. Yeah, we have to trim the fat. Is this really something that's affecting me from the day to day? Is this really something from taking away from my list of priorities of providing for my family, of having my children maximize potential, creating a strong union in my household, building with my community? Is Aunt Jemima Howard Stern, the the commissioner of the NFL, are these people really affecting what I'm trying to do on a daily basis and these goals that I have set for myself? No. We have to take a step back and really analyze these things. Before we know it, we'll end up talking about Kanye and was slavery a choice? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How, how, how long was that a talking point? Man, it's still a talking point to this day, I think. But, but the fact of the matter is, what does that do for us? Nothing. Not that's a the goddamn right. thing. It's just we all try to decide whether he's right or wrong, mm-hmm. what the context he means, you know, his sensitivity to our issues. That shit means nothing. That's a fact. I'm trying to defend my family. That's a fact. I'm trying to make sure our pockets is right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure your pockets is right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build the business. Right. What are you trying to do? Talk about headlines. And that's something that we got to be very conscious of. Does this cross-reference with everything that's on my priority list? And am I staying focused on it? And my question to our community is, do we have a priority list? Is this something that we have taken the time out or set aside time to really write down and really look at and make tangible? Do we know what's important to us? Or are we constantly told what should be important to us? Do we know what affects us on a daily basis? Or are we constantly told what affects us on a daily basis? Is the the newest song or or the the gaffe from this politician or that politician really affecting what needs to be done and what we really need to do? And the answer more times than not is no. The answer more times than not is no. We live by these headlines and we die by these headlines and we're always looking at clickbait. It's nine times out of ten, it's clickbait. Oh, this person said this or this person did that, or look how this person looks in a bikini or what have you. You know what I'm saying? That we constantly get distracted and move away from what we really need to be or what our objectives and what our priorities really need to be. In the court of OT opinion, there is nothing that a white person can do that will surprise me at this point. I've seen enough things in my short life that there is nothing that a white person can say, do, speak about. There's not one thing that they can do that's going to surprise Man, me. Man, I share those sentiments, bro. I share um, those sentiments. Sometimes bro. it's important to acknowledge it because there's something for us to take away from it for, mm-hmm. as a learning point. Mm-hmm. But to be surprised by it, come on. Where have we been living for it's the last... 2020. Exactly. It's 2020. Right. Nothing surprises Th- me. This kind of makes me go down this path to thinking how Martin Luther King was treated leading up to his death. He was despised by white racists. U.S. government wanted no parts of him because he made statements about the U.S. focusing on the Vietnam War as opposed to dealing with the issue of poverty in America. The FBI was trying to destroy and deteriorate his character. Mainstream media 
began to discredit him. Militant blacks were saying he was too weak. And if you think to the way he's been taught to us here in public school right now, that's not the way he's presented. Right. You know, he was sanitized, Mm -hmm. emasculated, Mm -hmm. and after that, immortalized Mm -hmm. with the famous I have a dream line that, you know, every white person likes to repeat when they when we start talking about race. Right. That I'll be judged by the not by the content of my character instead of the color of my skin. We always like to hear people say that. And and when they reference Martin Luther King, but they never talk about the way he was treated leading up to his death. They never talk about the transition in his ideology and his way of thinking leading up to his death. Like you said, it's sanitized and made more palatable and comfortable for white America. This is something that they can immortalize and it's accepted for them to immortalize. The New York Times, who now, if you check out CNN, is promoted as this liberal kind of righteous media outlet Mm -hmm. that does right by people. Their first time starting to discredit him. And one writer said that linking these problems will not lead to solutions, but uh, to deeper confusion. Mm -hmm. That was the statement from the New York Times regarding MLK's statement. As soon as that happened, there was a shift in the way that he was viewed. And when that shift happened, that was the leading of it's all right to get rid of this guy. It was all about the war and no longer about financial equality. Mm -hmm. When you look at that, at that time, juxtaposed to this time, America erased the true history of his life, just packaged it in a suitable way for their agenda. And not only did they teach us this, but they're teaching our children this. Mm -hmm. Because the focus was shifted, they were able to spin it and deliver it to us favorably for the system. What do you think is going to happen if we lose focus right now on what's important? We see whites and blacks out in the streets together. This is going to be something that's used down the line to say we're coming together. This was a time where people came together. Mm -hmm. If we don't stay focused and keep our eyes on the prize, this is how it would be written in the history books. Right. Because they've done it before. So you got to stay focused and keep what's important, important. You can't allow the narrative to be shifted because as time progresses, if we're not keeping our tunnel vision on what's important, it's going to be used against us and it's going to be used for propaganda to lie to us and keep us on this hamster wheel. So we live in a system, right? We've had this conversation before about what the system is. This system will always, 10 times out of 10, work to preserve itself, right? This system, 10 times out of 10, will always work that it comes out on top in the long run. I've, get, I've given the metaphor that this system is like the human body, right? And what does that mean? When you talk about the human body, and you enter a bacteria or an infection or something into it, the body responds by activating the immune system and sending white T cells or white blood cells at it to neutralize that threat. And I look at America and I look at white supremacy as the same exact thing. If something comes up and challenges it, it will always use whatever arsenal it has to neutralize that threat. It will use the media. It will use war. It will use uh, pharmaceuticals and diseases to neutralize that threat. So when you talk about what happened with Martin Luther King and you talk about what juxtaposes it today, there's a threat that has reared its ugly head and the system will always use whatever tactics it can employ to neutralize that threat because it can see the potential of this system crumbling right before its eyes. The people gaining understanding, overstanding, understanding, and knowledge of what is being going on. We can no longer be confused or we should no longer be confused. Cannot allow ourselves. We to cannot that. allow. That's correct. We cannot allow ourselves like Malcolm said to be, hoodwinked and bamboozled in this age of information. We have these things at our fingertips, right? So in the time that we are in now, people are waking up. We are in an information age. 
we are we are in an information age and we are moving to people wanting to know what's going on and this system this is a threat to the system because they want to keep us in ignorance they want to keep us blinded and they want to keep us not knowing so in this time when we have the ability to know at our fingertips they have to do something about it. So they will use tactics in the media. They will use the media to say, oh, this is a time when people came together. Oh, this is a time when this person did this and it. No, but we have to, like you said, we cannot be deterred from what really needs to happen. Mm -hmm. We have to keep our objective in our minds and we have to steadfast to our purpose. And our purpose is liberation. We have to liberate the minds. We have to liberate the hearts. We have to liberate the souls of our people because it's been captured. The hearts and minds of our people have been captured and we're taking it back one by one. We're tired of asking. Absolutely. We're going in there and we're snatching them things. You feel what I'm saying? Give so me we, everything. Everything. So we cannot allow this media. We cannot allow this system. We cannot allow these institutions to to distract us any longer. And that's exactly what they would do. What's important? Let's keep it important. What, the meat and potatoes, the nuts and bolts of this thing. This, my friend, is a fact. It's no more plan. On top of everything, there's still black folk being killed. Black men are being hung from trees and it being called suicide. Our black women are being tortured and terrorized mm -hmm. in the streets. We're getting shot down in parking lots. This is true. Should we be talking about the NFL and Colin Kaepernick? Okay, it's something to talk about. But, but it, is it our focus? It's not. It can't be the focus. Is this a priority? It can't be the focus. Because them going out and making that statement is just to keep us disorganized, disoriented, and fumbling from what we need to focus on to get where we want to go. Mm -hmm. It can't be on the top of our list. We need to be preparing right? To defend our families, Correct. Uh, preparing to make financial moves that liberate us from Correct. dependency upon white people. And preparation is perpetual. You know, that's a little bit of alliteration yes, for my yes. people out there. Preparation is perpetual. Mm -hmm. It's ongoing. Mm -hmm. This is something that, that doesn't stop. And if we're not in that mode of preparation, we're going to be hoodwinked again. We're going to see the same thing happen. We've seen it happen generation after generation after generation. And we keep saying to ourselves, why is it happening? We talk about looking in ourselves to get things done. Right. It's no longer the time to look out for outside energies to do things. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to protect your family. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to focus on what's important. You have the ability to teach your children. You have the ability to filter through what we should be talking about. That's a fact. So let's do it. That's a fact. It's no more. It's no more waiting. And and like you said, all these things that we have to be preparing to do, we have to be preparing to to feed ourselves. Who do we depend on to get our food from? Who do we depend on to get our, our access to nutrition and wellness from? And this is something that we have to reclaim. And this is something that we have to take back. And this is something that we have to be preparing perpetually to do. You know, we've been sitting by and allowing people and being comfortable and allowing others to head this fight for us and head these initiatives for us. And this is something that we gotta do ourselves. And we can't stress this enough. We, this is a solution-based thinking platform this is a solution. This is a solution-based medium. We are diagnosing, but we are also saying that we have to give answers to it. We see that this media and distraction is a problem. So how do we stay focused? Trim the fat. Lay out what's important for yourself. Ask these questions. Who am I serving? What purpose is it serving for me? Right. Should I be given any more time to it than I already have? Mm -hmm. And am I staying prepared for what I really want? That's a fact. And this right here is part of us staying focused because we are taking back our narrative. Absolutely. We are taking back our ability to define ourselves for ourselves and tell ourselves what is important to us. 
as Dave Chappelle once said, and I think this guy's a genius, really. I mean, um, he is. I, I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't you know, argue that. From watching his specials, I've learned so much. But what Dave Chappelle said is a subtle psychological nuance of oppression. There's so many subtle psychological nuances of oppression happening, and you don't even realize it um, until someone brings it to your attention. And if you continue to stay inundated with all the things going on, you'll never realize it. Being able to define yourself for yourself, that's a subtle psychological nuance of oppression. Mm -hmm. Knowing who you are, knowing the history of who you are, that's a subtle psychological nuance of impression. Right. Currency that we value with only white faces on it, that's a subtle psychological nuance of oppression. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, man, you got to say that one more time. You said what? The currency that we value with only white faces on it, mm. that's a subtle psychological nuance of oppression. That's and if you deep. think about some of the breakdowns in black family structure, a lot of it being money. And if you value money, right, be it the man or the woman, are you saying to yourself, I value whiteness? Mm. Because that whiteness is attached to the value of the money. Mm. That's deep. So, so that's a subtle psychological nuance of oppression. You mm. got to break that down and you got to be coherent about it. Mm. Once, once, once you start to think like that, you'll never look at things the same. All right. So All right. what's important being important? You got to keep that, that focus, that intentionality, that line of sight, because we got to look to our future. Man, or that, it's going to be defined for us. That, that just kind of hit me over the head right there, bro. That, that was a jewel as a message. Like, yo, are we valuing, are we valuing whiteness when we talking about this? Constantly putting this dollar or this money in between us, or it being one of the things that divides the family, right? Mm -hmm. you, you got all the child support things, mm -hmm. and these things are real, but you, you you gotta start peeling back the layers a little bit. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of things that's affecting us that we need to deconstruct for ourselves. And again, like you said, define ourselves for ourselves, right? Because that's powerful. Telling your children that he or she is as smart as they can be right. or intelligent and not measured on what white society has been telling us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree with you 100%. You know, rest in peace to the God. Like Nipsey said, ownership. Ownership, in my opinion, is one of the ways that we can limit our distraction. You know what I'm saying? By owning Everything that we do, everything that we produce, where we are, owning our homes, you know, owning our businesses, you know what I'm saying? Owning factories and owning means of production. Means of production. That's a whole nother layer. Don't worry. We, we coming with that episode soon. I mean, production versus life. consumption. Because that will. That will take away from my distraction, having to work in somebody else's system or means of production that's not really directly benefiting us. Our time and our energy, which time is something that we can never get back. Everything that we're doing, everything that we're making, everything that we're investing in is directly affecting us and our community. And this is one of the ways that we can stay focused and limit the distractions that we are constantly bombarded with on a daily basis. Keep you know what what's saying? important, important. Mm -hmm. Are you doing what you need to do to keep what's important, important? Do you have your list of priorities organized? Are you filtering through everything that you consume and cross-referencing it with what you find to be important? Preparation is perpetual. Perpetual, my people, man. Just prepare. Never forget man. ownership. Don't be distracted. Understand that the media typically is not working in our favor and is more so looking to persuade than to inform. You know Oof. what I'm saying? They're more so looking to persuade than to inform. And that's, that's where, huge right there. And that's where we're tired of asking. That's where we step in. We, we got are, you. We're informing. We're here for the people. We're here for our community. Right, right, right. You and know. in the spirit of informing... We're going to head into our next segment called...
Don't ask. I said, don't ask. I said, don't ask. No questions. Just give the money. Don't ask. I said, don't ask. No question. So, yeah, this is the segment where, you know, I kind of bring light to things that have or that tend to fly under the radar. Something that may be in the recess of our mind, of our consciousness and something that we, we need to ask the questions about. Now, a year or so, little under a year ago, a JP Morgan and Chase ship was seized with $1.3 billion worth of cocaine on the ship. And I have not heard of any investigation, any indictment or any charges or any type of prosecution being brought about in this. Now, when I see this case, I tend to think about the CIA and Ricky Ross. Why do I say that? Because we understand and we know that the CIA were funneling money or excuse me, funneling drugs into the black community to pay for whatever, you know, uh, foreign agenda that this government had, you know? So when I looked at this case and I, I haven't seen any updates, I haven't seen anything that has told me like there are, like I said, prosecutions or indictments or any type of thing coming down the line with it. $1.3 billion of cocaine was seized. Now we know a lot of our people, we don't own no ships. We don't own no means of transportation. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about drugs and guns being brought into the community, this raised a red flag for me because this is one of the ways that it happened. And I haven't heard any updates or anything that took place in response to what's going on. It's something that just kind of happened and then has been put to rest. No media coverage, which we spoke about what the media tends to typically do. I have seen nobody or anything talking about, you know, what happened with JP Morgan Chase and no, no questions are being answered. And I feel like this is something that we need to really address because we see on the back end that these drugs typically land in our communities and they affect us, our families. They affect being locked up behind it. Our people being locked up at the blink of an eye. We we got our family members being hooked on drugs. This is a hundred and twenty thousand percent and it's interesting too because jp morgan they're one of the foundational companies of america of america right a a flagship company in america Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everyone's familiar with it um if you're not just look up chase you'll see how important they are to the fabric of what america stands for and for that that money to just disappear a billion dollars 1.3 billion dollars worth of cocaine worth of drugs busted on this ship and I haven't heard of any prosecutions, any indictment or at the very least any investigations being had on what's this 1.3 billion dollars that's a lot of that's that's a lot of product, bro. And that just speaks to the white hypocrisy that we know exists here. It's the story of America. Mm-hmm. When it's good for them, it's good for it's good for the country, mm-hmm. and when it's not good for them, it's terrible for the country. Right. It sounds just like American imports. Right. You know. <laughs> Just like Stan- they shipping bananas. They- Standard American imports. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this Part is something that, that may have happened. They they weren't supposed to seize this shit. Or this wasn't something that was supposed to happen. Because nobody has anything to say about it. Nobody is talking about it. $1.3 billion worth of cocaine found. And you have nobody to respond. J.P. Morgan Chase has, or, or you know, who their spokesperson. Hasn't said anything about it. There's no updates in this. We talked about filtering through the noise. Mm -hmm. I think the difference with this is you have to note these are the things that reinforce that the system is working against them. So that that keeps you kind of 10 toes down on what's important to you. Because they'll they'll make it a story for six weeks, what Kanye said, slavery is not a choice. Right. But when something like this happens for a flagship company in America. It gets swept under the rug. Exactly. Keep your faith in this system. 
That's your gonna faith be, in this system. That's gonna be your ass, Mr. Postman. <laughs> Real stuff. As far as the Don't ask. I said don't ask. I said don't ask. As far as that segment goes, speaking about this $1.3 billion drug bust that happened less than a year ago that nobody is really talking about. I think we need to ask these questions. And and like my, my brother said, this speaks to the hypocrisy of America. Well, that sounds like another good, uh, another good tidbit of information from our resident health aficionado, (laughs) intellectual mind, uh, Mr. God body, no excuses, Kwame Haru. Um, and we just want to thank everybody again. If you took the time to listen in, to episode number two, mm-hmm. you know, we really appreciate it. Hopefully there was something in here that you found interesting that you could take away and apply to your own life. Mm-hmm. Again, this is us creating our own narrative, right. looking towards our future and heading towards a full steam. If you're on Instagram, check a brother out at underscore Kwame Heru. And you can also follow our main page at on Instagram underscore. We're tired of asking underscore. And as well as if you want to tell somebody about the podcast, this is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We also have a link to our, our Simplecast host and YouTube clips. They will be coming soon. Kind of the face of the man trying to lead the charge to control our own futures. All right. Again, we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to episode two of We're tired of asking podcasts and we're going to depart with these words of wisdom. Keep your eye on your cheddar. Watch out for rats. Pompa yay yay. Rest in peace to the God Justice Cypher. We love you, bro. We're tired of asking. And you should be too. Peace and black power.